We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Welcome back. How are we looking? A lot of people chiming in on the Tyson fight, uh, the Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of bear hugging. That's okay. You know what? 54, 51-year-old dudes still taking some swings, huffing and puffing. You know, I, I didn't mind that at all. Good stuff. Uh, 855-830-8648, 855-830-8648. Uh, the rest of the NFL, after the Packers get a win last night, the rest of the NFL um, kind of, you know, looks as if the way the Packers are going to get the top seed, the only way they're going to get it, pretty much if you win out, and then New Orleans at least fails one more time. And, and it could happen. You know, it's not like New Orleans has an easy stretch of games for the remainder of the season. In the grand scheme of things, They've got, yes, their next opponent. They beat Denver. Uh, they've got Atlanta coming up. So the Falcons should be an easy win. Philadelphia, but their last three games, Kansas City, Minnesota, and Carolina. Now, Kansas City, obviously a very tough opponent. Minnesota, you don't know what you got because Minnesota could still be in the hunt at that point in time as the season winds down. That could be a very tough game for them. And then uh, they got to go on. Now the Minnesota game is is, is in New Orleans. Then they got to end the season on the road against the Carolina Panthers. I don't think that had Carolina gotten the win over the Vikings, maybe Carolina starts to feel their, themselves a little bit better. But I I don't think that's going to happen. So really, your only tough game remaining because you got Atlanta, then Philadelphia, but then you've got Kansas City. Uh, depending on where Minnesota's at at the time, that could be a tough one. Uh, that's in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And then after that, they go to Bank of America Stadium on the road to face the Carolina Panthers for the last contest of the season. And by then, you would assume that Drew Brees would be back and you just kind of wait and see. So you still have the shot legitimately at getting that uh, that number one overall seed in the uh, in the NFC. Now, 
the the other side of the coin is with the Packers, obviously, their toughest opponent left is going to be the Tennessee Titans. They do have to face Carolina, uh, which I still think can be a very tough team because they can be pesky. But uh, the the game against Tennessee uh, at Lambeau Field. Now, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, second to last game of the season, uh, the Christmas game. So I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but, um, you know, we'll – obviously have consternation when it comes to the Packers' ability to be able to stop the run and what Derrick Henry is going to do. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see for that contest. But the rest of the NFL, when you talk about the conferences right now, uh, you've got uh, the New Orleans Saints on top at 9-2, and two, the Packers sitting at 8-3, and three, Seattle at 7-3 and three playing tonight, the uh, Rams sitting at 7-4, and four, and then Tampa Bay 7-5, and five, Arizona 6-5, and five, and it goes on from there. Uh, like I said, uh, between San Francisco, Minnesota, and the Bears, I think Minnesota has the best shot at climbing and possibly finding their way into the postseason. Then you've got over on the AFC side of things, Pittsburgh undefeated, and they'll be playing tomorrow night. Now, here's some of the updated news regarding the uh, Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens, up to 20 positive tests right now. And the NFL is still saying, we're going to play this contest. Uh, I do want to pause for a moment because I posted this yesterday over on the Facebook fan page, and some of you took uh, issue with it. But I'll say this. Look, I don't know how it happens. The protocols for the NFL are stringent, okay? You have one job if you're a player in the NFL. Your one job is, is to remain safe and go into practice and play football. That's it. There's nothing more to it than that. So the way I look at it is if you didn't wipe your hands, if you did, if you touched your face, touched, I mean, there's certain things you can't do. But I don't think, as much as I would love to see all the games played at, all, at full strength in the NFL, don't penalize other teams because you're an own ineptitude. Whether it's somebody in your family, a significant other, whomever brings the coronavirus into your home, I, I'm sorry. Everybody knows what's at stake. Other teams are adhering to all the protocols. Other teams are abiding by this. Other teams have quarantined players. It hasn't become a mass outbreak, okay? If you're not doing things correctly, you're going to get it. And I don't think you should be – here's the rules, and then if it, if, if it happens that the rules affect you, you go, oh, well, you know what? They should probably just cancel this game and just let us play it at another time. No. Everybody knows what's at stake. Everybody knows that everybody's had issues with COVID, with coronavirus, okay? Everybody knows it. So I don't think that you should be allowed to just say, well, since it happened to us, we're going to go ahead and, and push this game back again and again and again and again. And, well, we don't have a quarterback there. For, you know what? If your quarterback's bringing something into, something into that quarterback room, then the guy that did it you should be pissed off at, not the NFL. You have one job. Remain safe. If you can't do that for the money you're making, go somewhere and be safe. That's it. I understand it's hard, but this is what you signed up for. You could have opted out. You chose not to. So if you're going to take the paycheck, then it comes with the territory. You know, if you got somebody inconsiderate enough, say a player did go out and get it, then why should why should they reap the benefits because they gave COVID to the entire team? Because one idiot goes out and does something he shouldn't do. But let's just say you're filling up with your gas. All right, you're, you're grabbing a gas tank handle, and the gas tank handle had somebody that just prior to that you had COVID, and you didn't wipe it down, or you didn't wipe your hands, or you didn't you touched your eyes, or touched your mouth when you're not supposed to. Yeah, maybe have it, maybe accidental, but it is what it is. You know better. So I, to me, I just think 
I, I, I get it. It's not ideal situations, but in this particular year, what the hell is, right? Come on. It's, it's just a weird year, and I think you got to deal with it. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh tomorrow night going to be facing a very, very depleted uh, Baltimore Ravens team that's just trying to hang on right now. Baltimore has lost two in a row. They're sitting at 6-4 and four in the season, trying to remain ahead of uh, the Raiders, uh, even the Patriots. Patriots, for a while, seem to be trending in the right direction. They got a win yesterday. They're now back to 5-6 and six on the season. Uh, but the top two teams, really, in the AFC, Pittsburgh and Kansas City, after that, Let's let's take a poll here. I think I believe more in the Buffalo Bills and maybe even the Tennessee Titans than I do the Cleveland Browns. But the Cleveland Browns right now, because of the uh, the head-to-heads, the conference, the division, all the all the wins they've received, eight and three on the season. Cleveland sits right now number three in the AFC, if you can believe it. Cleveland, Cleveland, at number three in the AFC. But in the NFC, Pittsburgh's number or uh, uh, Green Bay's number two right now. And just sitting right behind New Orleans, and New Orleans, you're just waiting to see if they falter. I, I still say Packers are going to end up 12 and four. I don't think that's going to be enough to get them into uh, the top spot for the NFC. They're going to have to go 13 and three. They're going to have to win out, and most likely, you're going to see Kansas City knock off New Orleans. And then, because of the head-to-head between those two teams, the Packers will end up on top. So the Packers just need to be tied with New Orleans, and because of the head-to-head, they'll be on the t- they'll be the top t- team in the NFC, and they'll get the home field advantage. They'll get the first round by, and uh, then you just kind of talk about the best-case scenario for a team that we know has some flaws. But that's the way things kind of shake out. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, Mike Clements uh, was there in Green Bay. Happened to witness all of this up close and personal. We're going to talk with him, get his thoughts on all of this. Hey, uh, we know the weather is cool. Uh, It was like 31 degrees just a little while ago. had some flurries flying. And you can see it outside. It looks cold outside. Inside, I'm nice. I'm warm. I'm toasty. Snuggled up. Good to go. I'm sitting here in a pair of shorts and a T-shirt. And it feels good. Why? Because the Pella windows and doors of Wisconsin. The Pella windows and the Pella doors keep the cold out and the heat in, and that's what they're supposed to do. Four things you want your doors and windows to do. One, they're beautiful. You want them to work. You want them to, you know, just feel good, right? You want to be able to look at them and go, ah, nice. Number two, economical. They do, as far as uh, the economic uh, factor when it comes to your furnace or your boiler, whatever it happens to be, not running nearly as much, it saves you money. Number three, you want them to add value to your home. If you're thinking about selling your home, whether it's today or whether it's a year from now or three years from now, they're going to add value to your home, and and they do. Uh, I've seen it actually happen. And then number four, you talk about security. In today's day and age, everybody wants to feel good, safe, and secure in your home because you're spending a lot of time there. That's where your family is. It's where your kids are. It's where your parents are, whatever it happens to be. You want to make sure you keep uh, keep the bad out and the good in. Don't worry about sticks in the tracks. Don't worry about putting poles and stuff in your windows and doors to keep them closed. These things lock. They have pins. They keep them closed. You can't move them. Can't move them. Somebody's got to drive through the wall to get into your house. Hopefully that never happens. That's my friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They've got terrific products in different colors, different finishes, different hardware. They can do it for you. Go to PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com and see for what it is I've been talking about for some time now. They're just fantastic people over there. They have the Experience Centers in Green Bay, also in Brookfield, just west of Milwaukee, and in Madison now as well. That's PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. Mike Clements next. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Solid so far. 
four of six throwing. Deep drop here, looking downfield. Aggressive call, and a shot into double coverage is intercepted. Wind gust comes through, third and 11. Pack bringing five, Trubisky taking it deep into a lot of coverage. It is intercepted. Darnell Savage was touched, but Savage comes up with the interception again. We wanted to make Mitch play quarterback. We knew they had a lot of weapons. We knew they were dangerous. We knew, we knew all of those things, but we knew if we could make Mitch play quarterback that we'll have a chance. Just make them play quarterback. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show continues on. This portion of the program brought to you by Sean and the gang over to Epoxy Flooring Done Right. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. That's epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Epoxy Flooring, polyurea coating, they do it all. And do it uh, with a, a warranty for life. Get a hold of Sean and the gang again. Go to epoxyflooringdoneright.com. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our buddy Mike Clemens. And uh, Michael uh, I look at it as a good win. I thought the Packers did a lot of good things. Yes, some uh, garbage touchdowns and such, and things weren't perfect, but uh, they did what they were supposed to do in this rivalry, in my opinion. I agree. Um, they were definitely concerned about the kind of performance that they were going to get from the Chicago Bears, Akeem Hicks losing. Uh, you know, and we learned a lot about the Bears last night, too, um, You know, which I'll get into. Uh, I, you know, there's a couple of players that got challenged last week in practice. Now, one that got praised was Jerry Gray, the secondary coach. Uh, he was asked about Darnell Savage. Like, you know, this guy was a first-round pick. He's had some flashes. He's got some speed. You know, where's this guy at? He's had some injuries and then come back for them. And Jerry said, you know what? He's having a good week in practice. He's actually picked off a couple of balls, and I think he's going to get a couple, two or three here before the end of the season. And he ends up getting two last night, and it went, you know, and it was same old Mitch, and that was you know Tremont, by the way, Tremont Williams after that big win, Matt Lafleur's first game as head coach, and we're down there in the visitors' locker room at Soldier Field, and he said, yeah, Mike Patton, we're just going to let Mitch play quarterback. I mean, it mm-hmm. almost gets back to this, to Charles Woodson, and what did he say against about Jay Cutler? Same, uh, Jay, same old Jay. Same old Jay. And it's just it's funny how the story repeats year after year after year how the Bears put up $90 million in all these draft picks to get Khalil Mack, all the draft picks, that they, the chips they shoved in to get Mitch Trubisky, who was an average quarterback. They, Mitch didn't think he was going to go in the first round, I don't think, and so they've thrown him into that. But you got Darnell Savage with that first interception in the end zone, which was, he said, it's a play that the Vikings ran on them, and so that's what the Bears were trying to pull off on them in the second quarter last night. We actually, um, you know, we actually got that same play earlier in the year. And, uh, you know, offenses, like like people always say, it's a copycat league. So stuff that works, teams are going to find a way to get back to it. So, you know, I just I just happened to I, – I, I had a feeling that, that they was going to take a shot. And when I turned and I seen the ball was in the air, I just, I just tried to run as fast as I could and, and get under it. So it ended up working out. And it did. I mean, you know, it was nice to see him, uh, you know, kind of jump that pass, so to speak, if you will. But uh, what I was so impressed with was uh, when you talk about Trubisky and he gets picked off a couple of times. Granted, he has some decision making uh, that was rather poor. 
But he tried to look off a couple of times the the coverage, and Darnell Savage Jr. wasn't having any of it yesterday. Right, yeah. And, you know, talk about same old Mitch. I mean, this is the way the Bears' offense was last year. This is why they went out and got Nick Foles. Remember where they could barely muster, you know, 20 yards total offense in the first half of games, and then suddenly, you know, Mitch would start running some RPOs or whatever and, you know, get a couple touchdowns, maybe the Bears – defense would turn something over and it would make you know they would keep in games that's why they went out to get nick Foles for crying out loud in the offseason so uh, mitch trubisky uh, talked about his decision to when he had darnell mooney his wide receiver there in the end zone and savage was able to make the interception um definitely looking back on it forced it a little too much uh, probably would like to check it down uh, or scrambled. But I was trying to be aggressive early on. That's what we were preaching this week uh, as a team. Mooney got held up a little bit, but I still think he could have got to it. But the safety made a good play over top, so you got to give him credit. But in hindsight, definitely would have liked to check that down, just not, not, not have forced it so much. And the question, which I thought was so interesting when you brought it up during the Green and Gold postgame show last night, Mike, was Mitch wanted to know about, you know, confidence in starting and such. And uh, his answer was... <laughs> raises an eyebrow if you're a Bears fan specifically. Yeah. You know, at one point, uh, Mitch Trubisky's quarterback rating was 38 in that game. When he got a couple of those uh, touchdowns, you know, in so-called garbage time, which seems to be his time, he got it up to a 74.7, three touchdowns there towards the end, two in the, you know, in the final quarter. You know, Mitch Trubisky uh, it beats out Nick Foles in camp because he knows the playbook because they didn't have an offseason that really set behind Nick Foles in getting up to speed with this Bill Lazor, Mad Nagy offense. But Trubisky's stinking it up in a game against the Falcons. They clearly should have won. And so they bench and they bring in Nick Foles. He throws three touchdowns and lights it up. But then Foles has had his problems adjusting. And the bottom line is the Bears' offensive line decimated with injuries. Whatever the case, Trubisky comes back. And now he earns the job back, and he's, you know, even after, after suffering a shoulder injury on one play where he had a, a run, an RPO uh, in, the, in midseason, sort of a gadget play, here he gets a second chance. And he ends up stinking it up, you know, in prime time on national TV. He's, he's the same old, same old Mitch Trubisky. And so he was asked by this by the Bears media last night. Mitch, do you think you played well enough to justify starting next week? I don't know. I don't know. It was it, it was tough, like I said, just because the turnovers early on and then being in a hole. It was, there was a lot of excitement being back, just being back in the huddle and being back with the offense throughout this week. And um, I, th- I think me, myself and the offense, we had kind of this expectation or picture of what we thought could happen going into this game. And um, you, it just didn't go that way from the get-go. And so things like that happen sometimes. But um, – uh, I don't know. It's not my call. I just try to, like I said, put my best foot forward every single day. The chips will lie where they are. Chips are lying all over the place, Mike, uh, when you talk about this. Uh, the chips aren't falling in the right way, but the chips are lying everywhere. Uh, I say the day that it was just years ago when we were coming back listening to the postgame show and Mr. Trubisky's presser, and I said he sounds like a kid in high school yeah. who's ready to tell you which hat he's going to wear yeah. to the college he's going to go to, and he sounds exactly the same. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What? Who answers that? I don't know. I And, and then just know. babbles. And, 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 Bill, look, it, I am no expert. It's just, uh, you know, I get – 
full-time, I get to just watch football. It's not that hard to be watching a preseason game a couple of years ago with the Raiders, and I call you and I say, who's this number four? I guess this is David Carr's younger brother, this Derek Carr, who apparently was you know, Devontae Adams' quarterback at San Jose State, and this guy is... He's just all over the field. He's wearing a number four like a Favre. He's jumping up on the on the bench and waving the towel, and he's he's just he's so competitive. And you know that guy broke through and won a starting job, and has has been a competing quarterback. You know, it, it just you see guys emerge. You're watching the Cowboys in a um, preseason game against the Dolphins, and after Tony Romer takes care of the first quarter, some kid named Dak Prescott comes on and just moves the ball down the field like out of nowhere. Where does this guy come from? And I start talking about that. It's just you, you see these guys, and they have the spark. Or you're at the Combine, and you've got all, these, uh, all this attention to Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen. And these guys are some of the cockiest self-promoters I've ever heard from 22-year-olds, even if they're going to be first-round picks. And then there's this big kid off to the side that's built like a Ben Roethlisberger or in the old days, you know, or Roman Gabriel who on the field could throw the ball flat-footed 75 yards. And he just keeps talking about team and kind of down home and kind of reminds you of Favre about you know, just kind of having fun and keeping it light. And you say, this kid is the leader, and that's Josh Allen. And that's why I say, this guy, is, this is a guy you want to play for as a teammate and not some of these other guys. And so when you just look at Mitch and it's like, it's, it's over his head. It's I don't know. It's over his head. It is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want to start next week. I don't uh-huh. know. Matt Nagy has got a problem on his hands now. I mean, he's now 5-6. and six. They spent all this money and draft picks on Khalil Mack. They spent all those picks in the, to get a quarterback. And the other things that they've done in free agency. And, the, you know, the, the window is closing on this group that was supposed to get a Super Bowl for the McCaskey family. And Nagy asked last night about, now you're 5-6. and six. Are you, did the players quit on you in the second half? Yeah, I just I felt like uh, the tackling there as the game went on, um, you know, got sloppy, and and that that's kind of what what happens when when they're being able to have successful runs and you're you're trying to make tackles and stop them for you know short gains on first down. And I'll never question my, our guys quitting. That's not one thing that I'll ever agree with anybody um, with with guys quitting. So I would disagree with that. Tony Dungy's actually said during the NBC broadcast when yep. the Bears defense just started having sloppy tackles, he said, that's guys quitting. That's guys quitting. Yep. So then Nagy was asked about his season record now and where he's going to have to go from here. When you lose and you lose five in a row, you, you, are, you are getting challenged big time. And what's easy to do, the easy way, is to, is to just start pointing fingers and just saying it's not my fault. That's what, the, that's what it's easy to do. Unfortunately, there's too many right now. There's a lot to do that. And, and so we're not and we're going to fight. And um, I thought that, uh, you know, again, our, our message in that locker room at the very end, and that's going to keep it internal with us, is uh, was good, was very good. And, and so we're not going to point fingers. We're not going to blame. We're going to we're going to line up and play the next game that they allow us to play. And we freaking go, and and we fight for each other. That they allow us to play. Mm-hmm. Whenever anybody says that, that's when he starts putting his fate in other people's hands. He's not mm-hmm. talking about me anymore. 
He's talking about them upstairs. If they let me do it, I'll still do it because he senses the end is near. One thing I see about motivation with this Green Bay team, Bill, is the words kind of come from the position coaches. And so, you know, you hear Jerry Gray, the secondary coach, saying about Darnell, is, hey, he's making some plays. I think he's going to, you know, bust something here. And then it's Mike White, who's an outstanding, vocal, outside linebackers coach. And he put Preston Smith on notice, like, you know what? Yeah, we need to see a little bit more from Preston Smith. He told us that last week on Wednesday night. And so there you see Preston Smith with the scoop and score. He gets the, the key third down sack there. Savage had the two picks. And Matt LaFleur pleased at the results. Our defense did an outstanding job in that first half, getting the two turnovers, getting a score. I thought it was, it was huge for us. Obviously, Preston had the sack. He had the fumble recovery for a touchdown, which were critical. But I thought he did a nice job of putting pressure on the quarterback. And then also Savage, you know, he had a great week of practice, got a pick or two in practice, uh, and it translated over to the game. Um, you know, certainly when you have a team down 41-10, you'd like to shut the door on them, and I know they, they had two fourth-quarter scores, and I know that's sometimes a byproduct of just trying not to give up the quick score, make a team dink and dunk all the way down the field. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Mike Clemens joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline, breaking down yesterday's Packers contest as the Packers get an easy win over the Chicago Bears, their 100th win over that franchise, as a matter of fact. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at uh, at uh, Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. We wanted to make Mitch play quarterback. We knew if we could make Mitch play quarterback that we'll have a chance. Border to Border, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I don't know. Side where Kyle Fuller is. Third and ten, here is Rodgers with time. A bunch of it. End zone shot, Adams goes up and gets it. Touchdown, Green Bay. This is as good as I've ever seen anybody play. Just his ability to go out there and, and get us in the right looks. And uh, shoot, even when I make a bad call, he definitely makes us look good. So that's a credit to him. He is playing, in my eyes, as a, he's an MVP player. No doubt about it. Welcome back. Tonight you got a good one. You got uh, the Seattle Seahawks taking on Philadelphia. Philly, the next opponent for the Green Bay Packers. And if you're looking for something to eat tonight, maybe you don't want to cook after a big holiday weekend. Check out our friends at Quick Trip. They have got you covered. Whether it's good meals just like mom would make or maybe some of that fried chicken that they have there, the big pothole, pothole pizza, they've got it all. Check out our friends from Quick Trip when you're looking for something to eat. They got you covered. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, our buddy Mike Clemens is standing by. And uh, Packers get a win last night, Mike. Uh, it was a good win. You don't make excuses. You don't apologize for it. Aaron Rodgers, uh, a couple of bits with four big TD passes. He just, I'll tell you what, that thing just, that offense just looks like it's in rhythm, it's in flow. And the praise that he had for Matt LaFleur and that relationship is something like we haven't heard in a long, long, long time. Yeah, and for Aaron also to build and build with the running game, a lot of people talked about Aaron Jones. Where was he in the second half? Well, you know, they had a 31-point lead. Uh, but you're setting up these play-action plays. I'll tell you, it's, it's clearly it's got to be one of my top five plays of the season. The third quarter play, 
where Rodgers fakes into the line, I think it was to Aaron Jones, uh, boots left, and then throws back to the middle field and a wide-open Robert Tunyon down the right hash for the touchdown. I mean, that was as pretty as play. Rodgers was, was, carried out that fake 100%, rolled that right. running back into the line, pulls it back, carries the ball in his hip, rolls out, looks downfield, throws and hits the tight end, and all in one motion, after he releases the ball, he's not even looking downfield. He's looking at Matt and pointing to him like, you, man, you, man, that's the play we were looking right. for. You know, and try, I don't know if they showed that on TV, but I had the binoculars on him, and I'm just like, it's all in one fluid motion. Fake, throw the touchdown, celebrate, all in one motion. I mean, what a stud. 132 quarterback rating, four touchdowns last night, but he's given it all up to his teammates and to his head coach. Um, I just feel like he's settled into his role as, as head coach. Him and I have been really on the same page uh, all season. Um, there's this, uh, just a beautiful trust that I think is, uh, has blossomed uh, even more this year uh, between him and I. And I think that's an important part of us being successful is, is the QB and the coach calling and being on the same page. And, um, and then, you know, obviously we've had a number of guys uh, give more of themselves guys that we talk about every single week, you know, Jamal Williams, Alan Lazard doing the little things and playing super heady, Marquez, you know, in his role. And he'll be disappointed, you know, he didn't have a big role in the passing game, but he's an incredible, incredibly important part of our offense. And then how good Devontae is. I mean, he's, he's incredible. And Aaron Jones. So it's been, it's been fun to see it all come together. When you have, and I've said this before as well, when you have guys who have specific roles and they embrace them, there's no better way uh, to get a guy to buy in than that. And I think we've done a great job at that, whether it's Mercedes or Jamal Williams or Alan Lazard or Robert Tanyan or Jay Sternberger, Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, you know, guys embracing what they have to do and giving their all. The, I mean, he did go through the whole list, but the compliments that he's dishing out for the head coach right now, Mike, this is it's it's different than what we heard last year. It's far different than what we heard during the the you know the end of the Mike McCarthy era as well. I mean, you can talk about him buying in, or maybe I go back to the conversation that he had earlier this year, where he said, you know, hey, if I see a play, he never talked to Mike McCarthy. He never texted him. Hey, did you see that? Is this? It seems like these two guys are like two buds texting each other going boy let's draw that up or let's let's try to do something like this or let you know it seems like it's just the 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 relationship has caused him to become more engaged well i think he just got he's got a coach that has got a new plan a new scheme a new way of looking at things it's a fresh scheme a fresh energy there's an interesting dynamic going between these three coaches that i picked up on even more last week to me you know i try and it's hard to really figure out Matt LaFleur because he reveals so little about himself. He's, he's, you know, he's sort of like the, uh, like the architecture teacher in, at school or something. He, he just goes, he just knows about thousands of plays and, and, and the operations and the management, and that's where he's at. He really doesn't want to talk a lot. He doesn't really want to talk about himself that much. And he, he, constantly focuses on the only thing you players need to worry about is this week's game. I don't want you to worry about your contract. I want you to worry about next week. I don't want you to worry about what people are saying and all that. And it sounds simple, 
but he just takes it to the nth degree and just says, just do what you need to do for this week's game, and then go home and get some rest and, and, and just shut out all that other stuff. There's probably ways that he's actually loving this COVID lifestyle because right. he shuts out all that outside noise. And then there's Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator, the guy who's into Star Trek and, and, and Star Wars and all these kind of science fiction shows and the gold member thing. The Austin Powers movie, and we played the clips of that, and he's putting that into his in his class into his classrooms with the offense. And these guys are laughing and chuckling. All the droppings he's got, it's entertaining. He's put, he's spent, showing these guys how to make class fun. He's like the fun social studies teacher. Mike Pettin, I don't know. He's probably like going back to you know a chemistry class or something. You know, a guy who's up there at the chalkboard, dry, very dry humor. Uh, but I don't know if he's a very much of a vocal guy. But a lot of these guys kind of depend on other personalities to emerge. Ten years ago, when they won the Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers said, you know what, Charles Woodson is our vocal leaguer. Charles Woodson is the guy who can get up on a bench and come up with a speech like, if he won't come to us, we'll go see him in the White House, in the, mm-hmm. you know, the Bears' visit right. locker room. Last year, the two Smith brothers emerged as these vocal leaders on this team. And I think that... What Aaron Rodgers needed to do, and especially when they drafted Jordan Love, is he needed to reassess and say, you know, okay, what, how do I need to change me? Maybe it is me. Maybe I'm such a perfectionist, and so he's trying to be more open, give guys more credit, be more vocal, be more accessible than ever before, and I think that's what's making him a better player, uh, just to be around and, and to lead his team. And then he's got guys like Aaron Jones, you know, who can come through and get you 90 yards and and we asked Aaron Jones about how they got that running game going, which set everything else up for the rest of the game. Well, we came out with the mentality that we we knew we had to run the ball, and it wasn't necessarily up the middle or outside. But uh, as you got in the floor of the game, you you could see that starting to open up. And I just think our O line did a great job. And we always say it starts with them. And uh, they came out there and they were physical and they opened up lanes for us to run. Hey, Mike, real quick, I want to ask you a question, and I and, and I know we're going to t- hear from Devontae Adams, but Al Lazard took a shot, came back into that game, but the question was, and they, I never got an explanation, as he was coming down from that pass, he got hit. Now, it was a clean hit, but the argument is, you know, was he able to kind of take a step and become a defendable guy rather than a defenseless receiver? Did that Was that ever discussed up in the press box? No, I, it wasn't. You know, and I, I thought it was a headshot because I was watching it live, and then I, you know, people actually, you know, listeners on Twitter say no. You know, the replay shows that he took it to the chest. Uh, right. I, no, I, I don't know. And you know what? That's probably something after Lafleur watches the tape today, we'll ask him. You know, do you file a complaint with the NFL that maybe that's one of those plays that should have been reviewed or should be right. she called okay. uh, to talk to the crew about that? Um, and you talk about Lazard. He just had a great talk with us the other day about what it was like for him to suffer that core muscle groin injury on a 73-yard touchdown uh, against the Saints, and he finished the game, and he's back out there in seven weeks after the surgery. That surgery usually ends players' years. So Alan Lazard, no question, tough, really smart kid, um, and you just hope that he can keep that body you know, a little bit more safe because he could truly be a weapon. And then you got Devontae, six catches, you know, a touchdown catch. He's just got this crazy good game when he's in sync with Aaron Rodgers and they can run that play action. And Devontae said, you know what, it was that Aaron Jones running game that made the difference. 
to be able to come in and run the ball the way that we did. And, you know, against, like I said a couple of times now, a really good um, front seven. It's not easy going in there doing that, especially when times that you know, you know, you have a lead and you, they know you're going to be running the ball. So to be able to go in, that says a lot about the whole line and a lot about our, our running backs and the receiving blocking, but more so the whole line. And, and uh, Jamal had a, had a big night. You know, Aaron did his thing too. So just a complete win. And then uh, the only, uh, speaking of injuries, the only injury that had concern, now we have found out that it's an MCL sprain and nothing more, but uh, Corey Lindsley being carted off the field last night. Yeah, Matt LaFleur was asked, you know, after the game, because uh, we saw Corey carted off from the sidelines after leaving the uh, injury tent, after needing help to get off with the pain that he had, uh, what he thought after seeing Corey Lindsley carted off the bench to the locker room with the knee injury. It's certainly a concern. Um, it doesn't appear to be season-ending, but uh, again, anytime you're you're missing a guy like Corey, I mean, that's, you're not going to be at your best because he is such a valuable piece, not only to our offense, but our football team. So, uh, and again, uh, for those who just tuning us in, uh, we found out that Corey Lindsley uh, a MCL sprain, according to reports, not uh, an ACL or MCL tear. Uh, I saw him go down. He just went down like a sack of wet cement, but I did not see him get rolled up on until the instant replay. But I just watched him go down, and it was just kind of rolling there, and then your eyes trail towards the play, and then I, I went back to him. But good to see that he only had an MCL sprain, and hopefully in the next few weeks he's able to get back. Yeah, to, and he's uh, playing through play this chronic back problem. But, you know, when he's, when he's good, man, he's so fast taking out that guy over the middle. You know, yep. and one of the everybody talked about you know Akeem Hicks being uh, out there too, but you know also it was a couple of weeks ago that their defensive end Roy Robertson Harris uh, was put on IR with a shoulder injury. That dude's been tough against the Packers too. So those two guys out of the lineup help that offensive line, but they did a tremendous job. Um, you got Elton Jenkins moving back to center. I was told that there was a graphic during the game where they showed all the different snaps that this kid has played in just his second year. And I'll tell you, Elton Jenkins reminds me a lot of Kenny Clark. They're kind of soft-spoken, but when you talk football with them, they almost sound like they're offensive or defensive line coaches. They mm-hmm. really know football, and you've got to think that maybe Jenkins is moving to center next year. And they're maulers. That's the oh, other yeah. thing. Both of those guys can hold their strength, too. Yep. You know, great draft picks, both of them. Yep, and they're Maulers, no doubt. Mike, good stuff. We'll talk again later in the week. Thank you, Bill. There you go. Mike Clemens joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them 844-PRIDE to go to schneiderjobs.com. We're going to wrap it up next to the Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Hey, uh, I want to remind you, coming up, we've got a really special broadcast uh, coming up this Wednesday. And it's on our flagship station out of Milwaukee. Those of you listening on the network, you're going to hear the Bill Michaels show. But on our flagship station out of Milwaukee, we're going to be back again on Wednesday evening. But all day long, it is uh, the 1250 AM, the fans toy drive. Now, We've done this in years past, live from Blaine's Farm and Fleet down in Oak Creek, and we've got other Blaine's Farm and Fleets involved and dropping off toys, and it's been it's always fun. As a matter of fact, today on my uh, my memories on my timeline on Facebook popped up the day that the Oak Creek Fire Department showed up with their fire trucks and unloaded 
this big uh, this big tanker truck full of toys for the kids. And usually we're, um, you know, uh, getting this semi that we have parked next to us, the semi-trailer parked next to us full of toys, and you're a big part of that. This year, what I, what, I, what I want to say about COVID, I can't say on the air because it's a little profane, but it screwed everything up. COVID has screwed everything up. But we cannot forget about the charities that mean so much to us and mean so much to the people that rely upon them. And one of the things that I hope you can do is, first of all, pay attention to, you know, at some point or another to our show and uh, the marathon that's going to take place on Wednesday. But also, it's the 14th Annual Toy Drive, and it benefits Children's Wisconsin. And if you can go to 1250amthefan.com, 1250-1250amthefan.com, click the Toy Drive link and uh, help us help the kids this holiday season, and really all throughout the year uh, with a donation. doesn't matter what size. I mean, there's obviously there's some links there. You can click on $5, $10, $20, whatever it happens to be. But whatever you can afford to do. And uh, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, we don't mean anything. It's, it's, it's you helping the kids, and that's what it's all about. And I've talked about it before. It means so much when they walk in with that toy chest and they tell the kids to pick out a toy or they take them down if they're capable down to the toy room or ask them what they want, and then you walk through the door with that toy. I mean, it means a lot. So thanks to our friends at Lincoln Contractor Supply. Uh, Hupy and Abraham, some of our good sponsor, Current Electric, who I can't swear enough about for the work that they've done in my home, and uh, also uh, also uh, Todd and the whole gang at Skipper Buds. And if you need any boat needs at all, especially around the holiday season for the boaters and, and outdoor marine aquatics people in your life, Skipper Buds is second to none. I love those guys out there, Ryan and Service and Todd, the GM, and everybody else along the way. They're, they're just awesome. Love those people. So, uh, again, if you can help us help the kids, go to 1250amthefan.com and click on the Toy Drive link. We're back at it tomorrow. Jim Gray is going to join us tomorrow. Longtime sports broadcaster. He'll be a part of the program tomorrow. Looking forward to that. Till then, have a going. See you. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.